The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain. I'm retired from medical practice, but I'm still working in healthcare, helping family caregivers. I'm an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, today we're going to talk about the Family Caregiver of the Year Award, which raises the question, well, who are family caregivers and why should they get an award? Well, family caregivers are the people who go on providing care to family members when all the professional caregivers, like I used to be, have gone home. Family caregivers always have been, are now, and according to everything I read, will continue to be essential parts of the healthcare systems in North America and beyond. Yet, family caregivers still aren't acknowledged, respected, and supported to anything like the degree they deserve, which gives us our title for today's episode, Recognizing the Caregiver Crisis, the Family Caregiver of the Year Award. To talk about this, um, I have two guests who I'd like to introduce you to. First is Leanne Reynolds. Um, Leanne is president of Homewatch Caregivers. Appointed president in 2006, she's doubled the size of the organization. She guides its strategic direction, manages the leadership team, and fosters the overall company culture. Prior to becoming president, she owned and operated her own Homewatch Caregivers franchise in Portland, Oregon, which opened in the summer of 2003. Working in this business gave her a real understanding of and compassion for the day-to-day lives of franchise partners and fueled her passion for creating a support-focused franchising operation. Prior to 2003, she worked for several large technology companies such as Hewlett-Packard and EDS. She holds the BS of Business Administration from the University of Colorado, and she says that she enjoys her family time in a household of men with her husband, three sons, and their dog, Herman. Now I'd like to introduce Larry Ellis. Larry is the president of SoftRight LLC of Aurora, Colorado. He's been an instructor on radio frequency system design at many of the SoftRight engineering seminars. He holds the Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering from the University of Oklahoma and a Master's and Doctorate in Worship Studies from the Robert E. Weber Institute for Worship Studies. He's been a registered professional engineer in the state of Colorado since 1974. He holds a commercial pilot's license and is a certified scuba diver. 
He's an accomplished organist. He served on church staffs for 30 years as a pastor of worship and music ministries. He's the author of a newly released book, Forgiveness, Unleashing a Transformational Process. And he and his wife, Jill, who've been married for 30 years, have two adult children, both actively involved in taking care of the grandparents. So, welcome to the show, Leanne and Larry. Thank you. Now, first question is for you, Leanne, please. Please tell us about the mission of the Family Caregiver blog and the award program. Great. Um, Well, certainly the blog is really designed, our Family Caregiver blog is designed to really provide people with some education. Um, It gives us the opportunity to, uh, you know, point family caregivers uh, to a variety of different resources that can be available to them. And also, you know, we want to be able to provide some tools to the family caregivers um, that can help them, you know, navigate the waters. Uh, Certainly we see that a lot of family caregivers, um, you know, maybe feel a little bit isolated or alone, and we want to help provide all of the support and tools and additional resources to them uh, so they can feel, you know, more connected, part of a community. Right. The um, uh, National Family Caregiver of the Year Award is really our opportunity as a company to recognize um, the huge uh, magnitude of services that these individuals like Larry provide out to their families, uh, you know, the sacrifices that they're making every day. And, you know, we really want to honor them and celebrate uh, them and, and really, <clears throat> most importantly, bring uh, more visibility to them and make people aware of the tremendous things that they're doing for their families every day. Right. Larry, how did you first hear of the Family Caregiver blog and the award program, and how did you come to be nominated for an award? Well, actually, um, it was my pastor and uh, our church administrator that had been contacted by uh, Mr. Roger Rhodes from Homewatch Caregivers here in Denver, and he was looking for people to be nominated, and they nom- they suggested us because they've kind of followed our our experiences over the last uh, two or three years. And so I had not heard of the, of the award or anything about it uh, until that happened. Uh, then, you know, we did our application, uh, which was sort of to tell our story of the things that we'd gone through and what we had learned. And then uh, we were surprised to be uh, the winners, actually. I'm sure that the a lot of the others that were in the process were really qualified to be winners too because uh, they just you don't do this thing for an award <laughs> you do this out of love for people that you care for right Leon please tell us about the aims of the award program in fact Larry's just identified uh, I think quite clearly one of them and in particular please tell us how our listeners can submit nominations who's who are the people who can nominate family caregivers And do you have any geographic limitations? Because, as you know, this is an international show, and we do have listeners in Canada and elsewhere. 
Okay, certainly. Um, well, you know, the aims of the award program are really, you know, just to bring uh, an opportunity to celebrate and recognize individuals such as Larry who are making tremendous sacrifices every day, and they do it for love. You know, that, that's a, a, an amazing thing. You know, but for us, um, the aims of that program are an opportunity to bes- uh, bestow some scholarship uh, money so folks uh, such as the family caregiver like Larry can participate in an ongoing education and training program over a year. So that's through our HomeWatch Caregivers University. And then also, you know, we want to uh, bring, you know, some financial recognition to that award as well. Uh, folks who want to submit nominations, you know, the family caregiver really is somebody who's not, um, uh, you know, being paid to do or provide this services, um, and they're nominated by a third party, um, maybe another member of the family or a health care professional. Uh, but folks can submit nominations on our website, homewatchcaregivers.com. And really the geographic limitations are is this is an award that we're doing um, nationally in the United States uh, at this time. Right. Now, that comes back to Larry. Please tell us about your own, your own family's experience with family caregiving. Well, I guess uh, the first thing is I would say it's been full of surprises. We really were not prepared to uh, take on all the responsibilities that we did. Uh, it was probably three years ago uh, that we first brought my parents to Denver uh, they were living in Texas, uh, living independently there, and uh, <clears throat> my wife and I were down there, and it just, the circumstances were really difficult. Uh, my parents just couldn't uh, take care of everything that needed to be done. Uh, to see a doctor, they had to drive about 50 miles, and uh, there just were many, many problems. Uh, we'd gone through my father having a broken hip and a replacement, and trying to do that remotely, it was just very difficult. And so we moved them to Denver uh, uh, into an assisted living place. Then it was about two years ago, um, we had a similar situation, uh, although the individual needs are very different with my wife's parents who were living in Florida uh, at an assisted living place there. Uh, their story is a little bit more dramatic. Um, my mother-in-law, well, my father-in-law has had Alzheimer's for about 10 years, about nine years, I guess. And uh, uh, the primary caregiver was his wife, my mother-in-law, Jenny. And she uh, had just not been able to continue that process. She was uh, in significant depression, and we were down there, and my wife uh, walked into the bedroom, I uh, went to the apartment, and... Uh, my father-in-law did not even recognize who she was at the time. And uh, my mother-in-law had been in bed for three weeks and not gotten out. And so we decided uh, that we needed to intervene and bring them to Denver. And uh, they lived with us. Uh, well, they, they uh, lived with us until he passed away in January. So I guess the thing I, I keep thinking about is that there's so many areas where we're not equipped, we're not prepared to make the decisions we have to make. We don't know what decisions we have to make. Uh, but you still move ahead just a step-by-step trying to find out information from from reliable sources. 
all our parents, all our parents needed help, but their needs were very different from each other. And after we got them all in Denver, all the needs changed again. Uh, so you have to stay on top of, of what's going on, uh, and there's just, a, just an awful lot of surprises. This is what Liam was talking about, I think, when she said providing uh, information, knowledge, her mention of the Homewatch University, it speaks to the issue of um, people needing knowledge and information to support them in situations which they've never experienced before and certainly have no training in dealing with. Larry, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, actually, uh, about uh, probably four years ago or so, we had a, um, a seminar at our church uh, that was put on by Mr. Rhodes. He organized it, and it was our first introduction to the kinds of, of uh, decisions you're going to have to make as your parents get older, and you assume a whole different role of helping take care of them, uh, and it was... Uh, it was an incredible seminar, and uh, I think education is a terrible need that uh, that boomers are not they just they just don't have. Right. And uh, but he covered uh, things like uh, the legal issues. He had a, an elder lawyer that did a presentation about uh, the many legal things that you need to address. Then there's the medical things, and there's just the physical things, there's the financial things, and so I had no experience really in helping parents but but at least I kind of had a beginning a beginning education sure but boy, Larry I'm going to be do my rude, rude job as a host and interrupt you because we are heading into the break but I'm going to give you an opportunity to go on talking about these things in the, in the next couple of segments um, because they're vitally important and they support right. what Leanne is talking about so it is time for us to pay the rent and take the short break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Leanne Reynolds and Larry Ellis. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. We definitely will be back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations, who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities 
commodities and real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Leanne Reynolds and Larry Ellis. Our topic is the Family Caregiver of the Year Award. Now, we're going to be talking more about family caregiving and the family caregivers who are connected with the blog and the award program. Um, Larry, you were telling us about uh, your impressions, uh, your experience with family caregiving. Please go on telling us that. And also, um, I'm going to be asking you about your impressions of what you know of the things that other family caregivers go through. Um, Larry? Yes. Um, I think the strongest impression I have is that um, the motivation, I, everyone I know who's taking care of their family is out of love. The sacrifices you make are are way more than you'd ever think you would do. Uh, you, you find time that you never knew you had to uh, take care of things. Uh, I, I have uh, an experience, well, I have a, a cousin who has a, a wife who was injured and uh, he has been a primary caregiver for her for, her for about 10 years. And, uh, you know, I just know that it's uh, it's an ongoing need. It's not going to go away. Uh, there's just an awful lot of uh, sacrifices that people make. You know, there's, there's some benefits in it. You know, I've gotten to know my parents and uh, certainly my wife's parents, who uh, her, her mom still lives with us here in our home, gotten to know them much better. Uh, we hear stories we never heard before about our youth and about our friends and about our relatives. Uh, there's a whole dimension of richness we wouldn't have if we weren't together. But that doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean that it's easy all the time. Uh, when you're asked the same question 15 times an hour, it gets old. Uh, you know, there's no question about it, it being costly. But, uh, you know, the people that are taking care of their family, and it's not just parents. It can be spouses. It can be children. Uh, unfortunately, they're kind of silent people. You don't hear about their stories. And that's the reason that we wanted to, to be able to tell our story out, because we believe people, people need the vision that they can help, help take care of their family. Right. Our no. friends tell us that, uh, you know, they can't even believe what we're doing. And I'm saying, you know, you need to be considering it, doing it yourself. Sure, sure. Leanne, that brings us to something you were talking about, which is what I'll call the educational aspect, the informational aspect. Please carry on telling us about that. And also, can you say more about the story of the award program, you know, who started it and why it was started? Leanne? Absolutely, Dr. Gordon. Um, you know, I think what Larry talked about, you know, when he said um, years ago when he moved to Denver, he went to a seminar that was put on by one of our franchise partners. 
about, you know, some of the components of caring. And, you know, we really feel, um, you know, part of Home Watch Care is we feel like that there is a lot of information that we need to provide out to the baby boomers, you know, things that they're maybe not thinking about. There's a lot of aspects to care uh, in addition to just the care itself. So we feel like, you know, it's part of our mission to help bring information and education out to people, to let them know about, you know, some of the financial and legal aspects of caregiving, uh, what's going on with safety in the home, um, you know, health and wellness, um, you know, uh, guides to living with dementia um, or working with, you know, your parents or loved ones that might be facing um, some memory-related impairments. So that, you know, Dr. Gore, is really why we started the blog, is that we felt like there was a lot of information that we can provide individuals who are caring for their family members. We want to provide them uh, resources. Um, you know, we are a company that believes very strongly in the education of our caregivers, uh, but we want to extend that out to the community at large and provide that information to other individuals so they can take advantage of it. We, we know a lot um, about that. So we really started the blog this year, and, you know, part of that is because when I was running my own company in Portland, you know, I saw and cared for a lot of people um, who, whose family members were also the caregivers, and perhaps we were coming in to relieve them. You know, but they were asking lots of questions. Um, they needed a lot of um, guidance. They needed direction toward resources. And so that's why we created initially the blog to get that information out to everybody. Um, so that was started in February. Um, actually, the award um, last year was our first year. Uh, so Larry was part of um, our first group of winners. And, and we really did that um, to say, you know, hey, we want to recognize, um, you know, it's really bringing awareness out uh, to the community. There are a lot of people providing care for their families, and they're doing amazing things, and we want to celebrate that, recognize that, um, bring attention to that. And, uh, you know, certainly we've been in the caregiving business for almost 30 years, and, um we know the sacrifices that people are making. And yeah. um, so this is our second year of that award program. Larry, what do you see in the light of your own experience as the value of the blog and the award program? And how do you see these two things helping more family caregivers like you? Well, the, the extent that we can get information out, uh, that there is such a thing as a family caregiver, that would be very important. Uh, the uh, I had not had any knowledge of the blog at all until uh, we were introduced to the whole program. Uh, but the award, uh, I know, in uh, uh, when when we received the award here in, in the Denver area, uh, there was an article in the paper. Uh, there was photographs. Um, there was a lot of exposure that uh, people would see and they would hear about that, uh, that they had never thought that uh, anybody does that sort of thing. Uh, people live in denial about your parents, and uh, when, they, when they have physical needs like this, there's just this wrong assumption that um, Medicare will cover things, that, uh, that uh, everything will work out. 
Uh, it's a complete denial of reality. So, uh, you know, promoting the award, promoting the competition, if you wish, it's not much really in the way of competition, but promoting the news about these stories of people taking care of their family members, very compelling. Yeah. I, I had a, um, uh, actually, that was the president of my grad school was in Denver, and he was at our home, and he saw that we were building on about a an extension on our home for my father-in-law and mother-in-law to live in. And he had just lost his dad to Alzheimer's uh, in uh, with about an eight-year battle. And he sat down and, and broke down in tears because he says this is what families should be doing for their families. And, uh, just so few people even think about that. So getting information out is really important. Right. Leon, tell us about the family caregivers. you you are working with or have worked with and for whom you're working. And if you could weave into that your definition of a family caregiver in the sense of who are they. And I'm also wanting to hear from you the kind of typical stories you get. Now, that's a large question, but let's hear about family caregivers you know, have met, and have worked with. Well, you know, certainly, you know, a lot of family caregivers that we see, you know, most of the time tend to be women, you know, not in all cases, you know, as certainly as Larry is here on the show today. You know, but this, typically what we see is a woman coming in, she is uh, trying to care for her parents. In addition, she might be caring or raising for her children. Um, oftentimes they are working, so, you know, um, Many times we see uh, family caregivers that come to us um, that, you know, are tremendously stressed. You know, they are managing multiple aspects of their life and, you know, um, they're caring for their loved ones, they're caring for their children and their family, they're trying to maintain a job. And so a lot of times when they come to us or when they finally find out about us, you know, they, if only I would have known. You know, so these are the individuals uh, that um, we need to get more information and education out to them and how we can help them and what other resources are available to them. And, you know, I think that um, the, the family caregiver, um, you know, many times uh, it is individuals who might be caring for their parents, okay? So they're doing this without pay. This is somebody who is coming in providing love and assistance and um, help with maintaining um, the quality of life of their loved ones. But what was very interesting, um, Dr. Gordon, last year when we ran um, our first award program, we saw folks from every aspect of life. We saw parents caring for their children. Um, you know, uh, in fact, our award winner, Laura Dover, last year, you know, her daughter was in a, a terrible, horrific car accident and is a completely incapacitated. And uh, Laura has given up her job and any and all aspects of, of uh, life of normalcy to care for her daughter on a full-time basis. We saw spouses caring for one another. Uh, we saw, um, you know, other partners caring for one another. I mean, it was pretty incredible. So the family caregiver is really somebody who is sacrificing many things in their own life to care for a loved one. Very clear. Now, we are heading for the break, so we'll go into the break now, but we'll pick up on these topics when we get back. As I say, it's time for us to, uh, to take the break. 
This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Leanne Reynolds and Larry Ellis. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune into Inner Speak Soul Adventures Talk Radio Show every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, and learn how to let go of your past and create the reality you desire and deserve, allowing your inner communication to take place more easily without the interference of our noisy mind chatter or your ego. Inner Speak Soul Adventures with Gene Adrian, right here on the Seventh Wave Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Leanne Reynolds and Larry Ellis. Our topic is recognizing the caregiver crisis, the Family Caregiver of the Year Award. Um, Now I want us to talk about advice and success. So starting with you, Leanne, please, what advice do you have for people who want to nominate family caregivers for the award? I would ask them that they come uh, to our website, homewatchcaregivers.com, and that they nominate uh, their um, uh, the person they want to recognize, you know, fill out the application in its entirety. Um, our deadline is July 26th for those nominations. And, uh, you know, we want to hear from as many people. Uh, this is about recognition and um, celebration. Right. Now, I'm just going to interject something for our listeners. Um, there will be on the website um, of the Variety Channel some information, um, website addresses and things like that um, for the award, uh, which you can use to log into. And this program, this episode, is scheduled for broadcast on the 27th, so you do have enough time to, to get... Um, um, a nomination in, which leads me to Larry. What kind of advice do you have for people who want to nominate family caregivers for the award? Uh, I would tell them to not be passive. Take the initiative. Nominate them and uh, get the ball rolling. I'd also, you know, give a word of encouragement to those that are being nominated. Don't be bashful and don't be embarrassed. Uh, Part of what uh, is hard about this is going public with your private story uh, but I believe that, uh, you know, my wife and I have made a decision to do that. And uh, but so, you know, be willing to uh, to tell your story to your friends, to your people that you have contact with, and uh, and be willing to be open. Uh, you know, when you when they you fill out that application, there's a lot of lot of personal questions, and and uh, it sometimes is hard for people to put that information. They don't want to sound like they're uh, promoting themselves. And I think you just need to get past that. Quite fair. Leanne, well, the three of us 
are using the word story a lot, and I think it's absolutely right. Um, I want to ask you, from your experience and from the stories you hear from family caregivers, what do you see as their main challenges? I know you've mentioned some of these, but I'd like you to highlight what you see to be the really, really fundamental challenges. Well, you know, certainly I think a lot of times uh, a family caregiver can feel very isolated. Uh, you know, perhaps they feel alone, um, you know, if other family members aren't supportive. Uh, a big concern of ours is a lot of times that we see, um, you know, the caregiver, the family caregiver does not take care of themselves, so they become um, ill. Uh, oftentimes they can get sicker than the person that they're caring for. You know, depression can be um, associated with that. And, you know, certainly a lot of these individuals are making sacrifices, and some of those include being able to work. So uh, financial concerns are, um, uh, you know, a tremendous challenge as well. And I think that's why we kind of designed the ward the way we did is, you know, try to help out with the financial piece as much as we possibly can but then really also trying to help them not feel so isolated, connect them with a network of resources and other individuals, um, and make sure that they're uh, continuing to maintain their own health. Right. Larry, I'm going to ask you this. Um, going back to your own experience in your own family and with family caregiving, the challenges you encountered and how you overcame them. Well, the biggest one was was deciding that um, we had to have a, a role reversal between uh, the, the child and the parent, and uh, to to know when to intervene. Uh, one of the the last bastions of of, uh, of trying to clutch onto our lives is our independence, and um, so learning when to say to my dad or to my mom, you just need to let me take care of this and don't worry about it, uh, or you need to do what I'm saying here. I'm really taking uh, the time off work here to go help you. We'll go see the doctor. Uh, and being more assertive than I had been in the past with my parents. I think that was hard uh, for my wife, Jill, who needs to also have the spotlight turned on her. Uh, she She had to sacrifice had to sacrifice a great deal of time, especially with her father uh, until he passed away in January. Uh, just so much time taking away for the, to go see the doctor, to take him to the doctors he would see. Uh, I think we had a lot of challenges understanding uh, the legal pieces that we, we knew nothing about, you know, having a power of attorney, uh, having... Uh, medical power of attorney. They're not the same thing. To talk about guardianship, uh, managing someone else's money. These are all roles that were unfamiliar to us. And uh, I'd say, you know, get help. What Leanne said is that people that are doing these things often get so consumed they don't take care of themselves. And that's a great temptation. So find find quality people who can give you good advice and uh, you know, get some some breaks from from the from the day to day routines that you need to take care of things. Right. Now, switching a little bit. Aside from winning the award, the award, or giving out the award, how else 
can we recognize family caregivers and the contribution they make, not only to their families, but to the overall healthcare system? Well, you know, I think what is interesting is that when you look at the family caregiver, they and the reason why we're talking about this and doing this and promoting this is that, you know, they do not get recognized. Um, you know, uh, people are not looking at because they're not, you know, contributing dollars to the healthcare system or the government isn't paying attention. So, you know, to me, we, we do need to recognize these people and make, you know, um, the government aware to say, hey, these people are contributing and, um, you know, be able to focus and bring more in- attention to how can we help these individuals because they are making a tremendous contribution, but um, because, you know, it, it can be, you know, not well known, um, not well recognized, people avoiding um, the fact that these things are going on, there's just not enough attention drawn to it. So success to me would be bringing more attention and getting um, individuals within the government and the healthcare system to really recognize um, the contribution folks like Larry are making. Yeah, Sam. Same question to you, Larry. You know, apart from winning the award, which is obviously of immense value in various ways, how else can we recognize family caregivers, the contribution they make, not only, as I said, to their families, but to the overall healthcare system? Larry? Well, uh, family health caregivers are caregivers are really are the unsung heroes. We don't hear any of their stories. Uh, I don't I don't know how much the government can do to help in that area. I think the media could do a lot though uh, to tell people stories. Uh, I think you know telling stories motivates people to think new thoughts. Uh, and if we can get people's stories out into the to the to the eyes of the public, I think that they'll They'll be motivated to take care of their family. They'll, they may be motivated to take care of someone who's not their family, but someone that needs help. So I think getting getting the acknowledgement that these people are they're sacrificing, but that they're actually producing something that is very helpful. The rewards that we get out of taking care of our family are immense. The emotional rewards. And we know them better. You know, again, we hear the stories we never heard, or maybe we just didn't remember, or that maybe weren't even true. You know, I mean, uh, just depends on uh, what what we're hearing. So, sure. Now, Larry, you mentioned the media, and I this is got, going to be a short question to you both, starting with Larry. What about things like social media? That is what we're doing at the moment. That is, all the interchange of information on the web, the Internet. Where do you see that helping um, in getting the message out and getting it out among family caregivers? Larry, first. Well, I think think that's a very important uh, methodology. I mean, we use Facebook in our family, and uh, uh, my mom... And my mother-in-law, both are uh, in their uh, mid to late 80s, both have their own Facebook page. And, um, you know, we help them paste pictures there. Uh, they tell their own stories there. Uh, we have a Facebook page uh, for 
John Sinning, who's my father-in-law, that's kind of a memorial page. Uh, And so we have people go there and they make uh, postings, they tell stories, and, uh, you know, we've told a lot of our stories in those venues. Right. If you have a lot of Facebook friends, they can read the stories there. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Leon, what's your view? What what use are you going to be making more of these social networking opportunities? Well, you know, absolutely. I mean, because, you know, certainly, you know, like the blog, um, you know, we feel like that's an opportunity. You know, certainly we care um, uh, for a lot of individuals and for, you know, family caregivers. We can offer a break. But really, social media has allowed us, you know, through our blog and we Twitter, we have a Facebook page, it has allowed us to give folks like Larry access to information, you know, good quality information, uh, resources and tools, you know, um, tips and tricks and things to think about, um, but, you know, also a chance to celebrate things. Um, we had a gardening grow uh, contest back in the spring so people could showcase their stories about um, their love of gardening or memories they had of gardening with a loved one. So, you know, that's what I love about social media is that you can create this network, you can share information, you can share stories, and, and provide good, helpful data for people. Right. It's fantastic. Right. Uh, just a very quick comment from me. I'm an immigrant to North America, and many, many immigrants to North America have family stories um, that they would like to publish, preserve, and provide for future generations. And I think that family caregiving fits in with that. Now, it is time for us to take the short break. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Leanne Reynolds and Larry Ellis. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. 
If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Leanne Reynolds and Larry Ellis. Our topic is recognizing the caregiver crisis and the Family Caregiver of the Year Award. Now, as we've mentioned so far in this show, family caregiving is more and more important, not just for families, but also for the healthcare systems of North America and beyond. So let's now talk about what needs to be done more by governments and the healthcare systems to support family caregivers and efforts like the Family Caregiver blog and the award program and more like them and how these things should be done. So the question to you both, it's a kind of political question. I'd like to put you on a political platform and say, um, tell us your platform and I'll figure out whether I'm going to vote for you. So, what are the things you would like to recommend and why? Starting with Larry, please. Well, caregivers need to take care of themselves. They need respite. And uh, I think if we could have some sort of a... Uh, some sort of an opportunity where uh, employers perhaps made available uh, some time uh, in order to help out with the family needs. Uh, I think, you know, restructuring the way sick leave is calculated might be a good thing to do. Uh, but just the, the importance of taking care of yourself is just, it's, it's immense. Uh, another thing is I think that uh, uh, our government agencies could be better at uh, the whole issue of education, about about aging, about what we can do uh, to help those that are aging. Uh, living situations uh, are, are, are mysterious to those of us that are just, you know, within 10 years of retirement. Uh, learning to... to uh, you know, the difference between assisted living and dependent living, uh, and especially in the medical world, the confusion about uh, uh, how do you get into seniors' clinics. Uh, many doctors' practices are, are closed for seniors. Uh, we had to wait several months to get into uh, a really terrific uh, medical program at the University of Colorado Medical School for seniors. But... You just don't have any knowledge of all the decisions you have to make. So any, any vehicle that would help people get the facts earlier when you're not in the midst of a crisis would be, uh, would be good. Also, any, uh, I think there's a lot of false assumptions about the resources of the government. Uh, somehow you think that uh, if they've paid in all their life to Social Security, they're going to be taken care of. That's just not true. The, Another area which uh, which was a huge battle for us was to try to get through the government bureaucracy. Uh, my dad is uh, a veteran, and we wanted to avail ourselves to some of the benefits from the VA. And uh, just the government bureaucracy to get through, to get an answer to a question, uh, was just a nightmare. And so an agency that can be more responsive would certainly be helpful in this area to us. Right. 
Leanne, same question for you. What are the things you would like to recommend, and why would you want to recommend them? Well, you know, I, <laughs> I think to combat some of the things that, that the, uh, Larry was just alluding to, you know, I, I have a whole uh, list of things, of course, uh, Dr. Gordon, but, you know, I think there is a, an important piece here is, you know, um, caring for the family caregiver. Is there a way we can bring better public or private um, health care um, uh, benefits to people who are being supportive, you know, or support or being the family caregiver, um, that, you know, legislation that would allow Medicare or private health insurance to help the caregiver to make sure that they are keeping healthy. I think that's really important. Um, how can we create better coordination between our health care providers? Uh, Larry alluded to um, the VA, but we, you know, we certainly see that when we care for families. Um, it, it's very difficult to coordinate a lot of the different resources. That can be an added stress on the family caregivers. You're dealing with multiple providers, and you are really the coordinator or the glue holding that together. Together, how can we provide you know more dollars for um, you know through insurance for to family members who might need just some breaks, respite care? Uh, is there tax credits available or incentives for folks or individuals who are providing care for their family? Um, you know, is there opportunities to provide more um, financial assistance? You know, I certainly think that there is a financial burden for family caregivers because they might be dealing with their own financial situation, but then also the fin- financial situation of the person that they're caring for. So how can we bring more assistance to them, make that um, um, more accessible? And then, you know, last but not least, you know, what Larry alluded to is how can we get out more information? Uh, There are tons of programs. Um, How can we better prepare people? Uh, What, um, you know, early on before it becomes a crisis, you know, I think that this is something that, the media really could pick up on and talk about it and provide uh, information out to people, tell their stories, tell people where they can go and get information. Uh, And then, you know, certainly um, I always feel like there's uh, things that we can do from a government perspective is really looking at are there some tax incentives or other legislation that we can do around providing services in the home. Right. Now, I'm still in the role of the voter, wondering whether to vote for you both. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, there's interest in insurance, that is private sector insurance, that you buy when you're young um, to help you as an individual or your family uh, when the years have moved on. Um, what are, people are telling me is that's a very hard sell because um, I don't like this phrase, but the younger generation don't seem terribly interested in the future, which seems inevitable for us all. Um, either of you, what's your view about getting the message across that private insurance might be necessary to cope with the kind of things you've been talking about? Larry? Well, we are um, we are very convinced that long-term health, is, uh, long-term care insurance is very important. Uh, Actually, we are in the process right now of, of uh, applying for it for ourselves uh, because of what we've seen with, with our parents. And the, the expenses are staggering. And uh, so I think it's very important. 
I will say uh, you'll be very surprised at how expensive it is. Uh, when you're 60 years old, it's, it's a lot more expensive uh, than you might think, but um, an annual premium can be spent in a single month if you, if you don't have that insurance. So I think it's very important, and I, and I don't think I've ever, I've ever been approached uh, by anyone in the past and I just think it was something I was completely unaware of, but I'm, I'm very committed to it. Leon, what's your perspective on the insurance for things of aging? Oh, you know, I, I agree 100% with Larry, and because I think long-term care insurance really allows people to have choices. And, you know, as folks age and, and grow older, we want to allow them to have many choices and options available to them as possible. And I'm a big believer in it, certainly just through my experiences of working in, you know, the same way that Larry has seen is that financially care, um, this care is not covered um, under traditional health insurance or by Medicare. People need this care. And that um, the, the long-term care insurance benefits can allow people to really receive the care they need in the environment that they want to receive it in. So uh, I believe very strongly in it. And how can that is a very important message? And how can we get that out and, and make people aware that this insurance even exists? Um, and it's something that people really should be taking advantage of and looking at when they're in their 40s. Right. Would you agree, Larry? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, people seem to be convinced or reasonably convinced about life insurance. Um, I know this is a technical question, but what do you think about trying to bracket the message that life is going on and on and on after retirement, and that's a very good thing, but it also creates financial issues for people in the kind of thing we've been talking about. Uh, Larry, what do you think about some idea of bracketing life insurance with long-term care insurance? Well, I, you know, I, we have both, and I think both are important. Uh, I'm not uh, not sure what the what the bracketing, what you mean by bracketing here. Okay, uh, perhaps in the message that that's given out by the insurance. Um, what I'm looking at, and obviously I'm speaking from Canada, so the the messages may be different. But there's lots of advertising about life insurance and its importance and how it pays for funerals and this kind of thing. But I don't see very much about just how much it's going to cost you, you your point exactly, uh, in the long-term care thing, and that while you're at the height of your earnings, um, you know, because we've all been through this phase, um, some of us are still going through it, um, wouldn't it be a good idea to be saving for this kind of thing for your family? Well, uh, you, you don't realize how expensive it is. I mean, what Leanne said about the long-term long-term care insurance gives you options. You then have the ability to make choices. Uh, if you don't have any insurance and you don't have, you know, millions of dollars stashed away, your options are very, very limited, and uh, it, you may not even have any good options. But uh, if you have if you paid for the insurance, then at least you might be able to stay at home longer, which is what most people would prefer doing. Uh, uh, nursing home is not the first choice of most people, 
and uh, even that is is unbelievably expensive. Right. But uh, you know, life insurance doesn't cover these costs, and neither does medical insurance, and neither does uh, uh, any of the Medicare expenses. Quite, quite. Now we are up against time, so I just want to say quickly: yes, you both would get my vote. Uh, thank you for this. <laughs> right. And I want to say also thank you to our listeners and to please email us with comments and questions and in particular any requests for connectivity to the uh, award program or anything else you've heard about on this particular episode. I want to say thank you to Leanne and to Larry, you know, for sharing your personal experiences, your insights and your advice and the kind of initiatives, the experience built from the initiatives you've taken. So on behalf of everybody, I'm going to wish you both every success, continuing success in all the things um, you're doing, because it's important for everybody. Now, in our next episode, we'll talk about the Autism Acceptance Project. So to our listeners, please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around.